reading was this morning with Brother Andy. Be in First John chapter one. Looking forward to hearing what the Word of God has to say to us today, and uh, we'll get into there uh, circumspectly, I should say. Uh, we'll get into our holy scriptures this morning. So as we move on today, we know that we are recognizing Remembrance Day, and I, for one, I understand it's one day a year. I get that, and. But I really and truly don't think that our minds should drift too far off from our gratitude and our thankfulness toward those who gave their lives, who sacrificed families and times and moments and ages and years and all of those different things so that we may have the freedom to come and worship today. We look back over the years as to what the Lord has done for us and we want to think about the victory that we have, the cost that we have. I know this year we've spent quite a bit of time on preaching uh, from victory and being triumphant and living a victorious life and all of these different things. And, but with every victory in our life and the victory in our lands and the victory in our governments and the victory wherever we may be, it all comes with a cost. In 1940, uh, in one of the greatest speeches ever given, Winston Churchill said, You ask what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs, victory in spite of all terror, victory however long and hard the road may be, for without victory there is no survival. So victory, brothers and sisters in Christ, this morning I ask you, what does it mean to you? What does victory mean to your heart, soul, and mind? Well, I can tell you what victory means to me in some degree, or in to you as well. It means freedom. It means liberty. It means having the ability to sit in church house today without the fear of governmental oppression. It means having the joy to walk to and fro the shop without uh, being frightened for your life. It means having, the, having a, a blessedness, a gift from above, a, a gift protected by our great men and women of the armed services. It's an entity that millions have died for and even more have been injured for. Mr. Churchill said it correctly, victory at all costs, victory in spite of all terror, victory however long and hard the road may be, for without victory there is no survival. And I want us to think about those things today. I want to think about those who have shed their red blood across the, the seas and across the lands, those who've died for me and died for you. Uh, we may think about them today. We may honor them in through honoring Jesus Christ, of course. We enjoy freedom today, such freedom unknown throughout many places in the world. To stand up in a free society, to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to assemble without fear of reprisal, without intimidation, without interrogation. Beloved, that is a blessing today that many across the land, honestly, across the world, as you say, do not enjoy. Liberty is one of the things that we can't have unless we give it and pass it down to others. Liberty or victory well, with both of those things is a result of having victory in our life. It is a product of standing upon the rock of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you know, he says that the truth shall set you free, not into bondage. My dad and I in 2008 went back to Vietnam, took him back 40 years after the day. Uh, he had uh, lost his leg there in that war. We supported a missionary there, and one of the first missionaries we picked up in our church, the first church we planted, and uh, we traveled throughout the country seeing the great work that God has allowed him to do in a land where he became a man in 1969, him as well, fighting the battle. 
And as these two juggernauts of soldiers uh, went back with old war stories in the van, and as we traveled, uh, the Sunday morning came, and we was up at the, not the break of dawn, but in the wee hours of the night at 4 o'clock in the morning in Delat to travel to a church in the back country, if you will. And as we were traveling, there were people walking along the, the side of the gravel road, many of them barefoot, if you will. We arrived to the church, and the service was to begin at 5 o'clock in the morning. And people were already there, the building half full. And before you know it, before the pastor took the pulpit and preached his message, we were sat way in the back, obviously not understanding the language, but Brother Mike did. We watched that church fill up to nigh unto 3,000 people before 5 in the morning. And we worshiped for two hours and singing and hymns and songs. And that man preached his message. And unbeknownst to me, before the break of day, there was a church just... 50 meters away from where we were, packed full with 15 to 1,700 people, both church plants of Brother Mike's, meeting across the, the way one from another, a rock's throw from one another, worshiping in spiritual harmony. You say, why in the world did they meet so early? They met so early to relinquish the fact or to de-emphasize the fact that they were coming to a, an independent Baptist church, a Christian church, so that the communistic government would not be on top of them. We departed at the close of service, and with the rising of the sun, we traveled into the town, and no more than 30 to 40 minutes later, the government did show up. And it asked the people, where are the Americans that were here? They wasn't there necessarily to give us a problem, but they were there to make their presence known. None of us in here, and again, I say none of us in here, have to ever experience anything of that magnitude. Yeah, we don't like the traffic coming to church. It slows us down. Yeah, you may get made fun of at your workplace or at school or whatever it may be uh, for being a Christian and going to church on Sunday instead of the pub, you know, and coming to, uh, to, to receive life inside of your souls as opposed to death inside of your body. But we have never experienced anything like that. And we have it, my friend, because people have fought and died and shed their blood to give us the liberty, the victory we enjoy today. As it is true, the eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. So it is true that those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like all men, undergo fatigues to support it. For those who came before us, young men who fought on the battlefields, for mothers who, who would no longer see their son, for fathers who would, who would return injured, uh, they paid a price for freedom, they gave us the victory. And guys, we reap their blessings today. No man is worth half his salt, uh, uh, if you will, who's not ready at all times to risk his body, to risk his well-being, to risk his life for the great cause of victory in our land. Liberty was not descended to the people. The people must raise themselves to liberty, and it is a blessing that we must earn before we can enjoy. Liberty lies in the hearts of men and women today. However, when it dies, there is no constitution, no law, no court which can save it. The spirit of liberty that is granted by victory is the spirit which seeks to understand the mind of other men and other women. The spirit of victory, the spirit of freedom, the spirit of liberty remembers that not even a sparrow to the earth falls unheeded. This spirit of liberty, of victory, of, of freedom today is the spirit of him who nearly 2,000 years ago taught mankind the lesson that it has never learned, but which it shall never be quite forgotten. He that is least among you all, the same shall be great. So as we turn in our Bibles to 1 John in chapter 1 this morning, 
And I'm going to get as far as I can today, and then we're going to see what the Lord has to, has to do for us this morning, and we'll continue forward. But in 1 John chapter, five, I mean chapter 1, and sorry, and verse 5, the Bible says, This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His words, or sorry, His word is not in us. Beloved, the topic of God, uh, th this topic of God, or God in general, is, is so often overlooked in today's world. Especially the topic that we see here in John's first epistle, by opening up by saying that God is light. Both in the, his gospel and as well as his letter, there's an indication that God's moral and intellectual perfection that we find. And it is intellectually God's perfection. It is the truth and his morality that is holiness today. It is this holiness and truth and, that we in the Western civilization have been blessed with since birth, many of us, if not all of us. No one here today had to run to the basement this morning in order to read or to pray or to hide. No one here today had to travel through armed guards or being inspected for Bibles or other religious paraphernalia, if you will. No one, not in today's world, not in today's Wales or England or America, because God is holy and He is true. We are blessed by this victory given by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, handed down from us from above. We are blessed with the greatest military forces in history. And such force, such power has enabled you and I, again I say this, to reap blessings beyond our wildest dreams. It should enable you to understand and realize it is the light which brought us liberty. It is that light which grants us freedom. In verse 5, the Bible tells me here, again, it says, uh, Then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. It is a very simple, guys. The holiness of God includes two things. They are the two major points Jesus Christ preached, and we find this in his message, that he is light, and in him there is no darkness. Number one, God is light. Very clear today. He is light by nature, he is light by character, and within God himself, he is light. His very being, nature, essence, and character, God dwells in glory. Revelation in chapter 21 and verse 23 tells us, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. In Revelation 22, and in verse 5, it says, And there shall be no night there, and they shall need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God himself giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Jesus is the light that relates to us that God is holy, righteous, and pure. He is that light. Jesus is the light that reveals in us his nature, his meaning, his destiny, and our destiny for all things. Jesus is the light that routes our path. He leads, guides, and directs the believer's life every single day. Jesus is the light that retreats the darkness. Jesus Christ is that only light that can and does and will save man and woman today. 
Number two, there is no darkness in him, none whatsoever. Beloved, the world darkness describes both the state and works of mankind. It is the symbol of evil, sin, and depravity. It is the epitome of everything life is not supposed to be. Darkness, we find, is man's ignorance. It's man's vain thoughts and imaginations. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 tells us, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Darkness is man's ignorance, many times willing ignorance. Darkness is man living and walking outside of Christ. Outside of Christ. John chapter 8 and verse 12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. We can go on and on, and we will go a couple more times. But guys, we need to understand that there is no darkness in Jesus Christ, and he is the light. Darkness is man's blindness and stumbling through life today. John chapter 11, verses 9 and 10 says, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If a man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he, ha- he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Lastly, we find that darkness is man not seeing the glory of God and the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I must say this sadly today, an overwhelming percentage of our people today in our immediate community from across the streets, across the county, across the country, and across the world fall into all of these categories, but especially this one, that darkness is man not seeing the glory of God in the face of our Savior. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I said all that, guys, to say this, to make you understand the defense of freedom, the defense of liberty that was granted by victory is essential because God prophesied the Western world's enlargement. All the way back at the end of the flood, mankind was 2,000 years in existence, and God promised that he would enlarge Japheth, and he has. God not only ordained it for the gospel's sake, but he did so to defend the reinstated state of Israel when that time has come. And we know that it came in 1948. He gave us the greatest opportunity in the history of creation, liberty inside of truth and holiness. Because of this liberty, guys, we have not to dwell in the midst of darkness. No matter what may happen in the world today, No matter what happens in society, no matter what happens in the high church, no matter what happens in your home, in your office, or your school, we do not have to dwell in darkness because of the light and the liberty that Christ has given us through victory. Because of this victory, guys, we don't have to remain. If you remain in darkness, it is but your choice. If you remain in darkness in a lost state of eternality, you do so today willingly. He died once. And he died for all. The Bible tells me whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It also tells me whosoever is not found in the the Lamb's book of life shall be cast into the lake of fire. Those are the two whosoever's in the Bible. And that's the only two whosoever's. I'm glad I'm a whosoever over here. Amen. I'm glad I'm a whosoever that has the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanseth me from all sins. Amen. Past, present, and future. Hallelujah. Because of this liberty. Because of this victory. We are able to preach to others of the sweetest gift that mankind has ever been offered. Guys, remember in Him, 
There is no darkness. Therefore, liberty, victory in Jesus Christ is to be found life evermore. They are in the light. If there is no darkness, if there is no darkness, there is liberty. If there is no light, there is no victory. The Apostle John offers us six implications to examine the need for salvation today. In the midst of God's truth and in the midst of God's holiness, what we look at protecting, what God has, has enabled and given us that men and women have lost their lives to protect and, and enable in our country today, we find in the epistle of John, the first epistle of John, six implications to examine. We first see the authenticity, the authenticity. Look in verse 6 with me. There's a conditional word there. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie, now watch this, and do not the truth. The word do is an action word. You can speak, think, intend. You can do all that you want to today. You can have all the tensions in the world today to say the right things or do the right things. But if we say we have fellowship with Him, and yet walk in darkness, our actions speak louder than our words. We do not the truth. Greatest misconception in today's world, we find that yet the grave abuse of liberty in Jesus Christ, the, the grave, grave abuse of victory that we have been given, are those that say they walk in Him, say they have fellowship in Jesus Christ, and yet do not the truth. Mankind must be authentic in his dealings with self, and mankind must be authentic in his dealings with salvation. If there is no darkness in God, and if we walk in darkness, we are not walking in him. It is that simple today. That plain. Man declares he can find God in his own way. He cannot. Man believes he can use his own mind. He cannot. Man believes that he can save uh, and use his own works. He cannot. It is not truthful. It is not authentic to the light that God has provided in the land of liberty through His victory, to say you have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, you do not the truth. Number two, we find there is an allowance that John gives us. Look in verse 7. But if we walk in the light, here's that conditional word again, if. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, aren't you thankful today that it doesn't just cover the sin up? Mankind tries to bury their sin. Mankind tries to set their sin to the side. Mankind tries to hide it underneath a rock. Mankind tries to, to build fig leaves and cover it up and all this. Stuff. But Jesus Christ's blood comes in and washes it away. There's the allowance. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you want eternal salvation today, if you want to live eternally in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ and with your fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord today, if that's what you want today, you're going to have to come through the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only pathway for eternal life this morning. The liberty we have in our life today, the liberty we have in our country today, allows us to present to a darkened soul that Jesus Christ, that in Jesus Christ, he faced judgment for us. That Jesus Christ suffered the punishment for us. 
that Jesus Christ bore the condemnation for us. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross of Calvary for us personally that gives us the victory this morning. The cost of victory is high. And therefore, to walk in the light of Christ means that we are walking and believing that Christ died for us and we've accepted that free gift. It means that we believe that His blood cleanseth us from sin, cleanseth us from darkness, that our sins are forgiven and forgotten by the blood of God's only begotten Son. Watch this, guys. The word cleanseth is present tense. That's what I love about the Bible. I love about the King James Bible. It is perfect and pure in all of its faculties. The word cleanseth is a present tense word, and it means it means telling us that the blood of Christ continually cleanseth us from sin over and over and over. Now, if we are walking in the light of Jesus Christ, his blood is always cleansing us from sin. If we walk in fellowship with Jesus Christ, we are constantly confessing our sins to him. If we are living in open confession before Christ, he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins continually and present tensely. The believer is to walk in fellowship with Christ all day long, every day. And this is the point that is so often missed. It's not something, it's not just a decision that you come down to the altar and you make and say, Lord, forgive me my sins. I want to go to heaven. I want to live for eternity. And you accept that free gift and he washes your sins away. And then you go out there and you live like you want to. And he like that. It's not supposed to be that way. We got so many confusing doctrines for people today. I, I got to be halfway honest with you. And I, I'm not saying I'm lying, but what I am saying is halfway honest that I can understand how people don't have a clue on how to be saved in our world today with the kooky, nonsense doctrines that are being taught by people today. Right this very second, right down the streets and up the hills. A fuzzy feeling is not going to save you. Speaking in a foreign language ain't going to save you. Acting a fool and flopping around on the floor is not going to save you. As a matter of fact, those are all demonic traits, if you want to know the truth. Guys, if you want to be saved, if you want to know that you're saved, you understand that he has removed your sins of the past. There's no way you can pay the penalty. He's already done it for you. And you must allow the light of the Lord Jesus Christ to shine into your heart for the forgiveness of your sins continually. Jesus Christ said this, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Liberty that we enjoy today, the victory we have been provided, has been through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it has been protected with, by many. By many. There is an awareness that we find. An awareness in verse 8, and I'll pick it up a little bit. Verse 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Many today think that they have no sin. And, and notice how this is a singular word, not a plural word. Uh, the sin spoken here is from the, the root that is inside of mankind. It is part of man's nature. It is the law, the principle that we are guided by, the force that is within the old man. And yet souls must grasp a hold of that reality. The awareness is made available through the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said himself, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. That light is not our light, but rather his light shining through us. It is the light that will bring mankind to the awareness of their sin. Every man, woman, and child convicted of their wrongdoing. It is that light that will bring this awareness to their sins. To the awareness of their state. To the awareness of their end of days. 
that light will reveal to them their inadequacies and that Christ will cleanse their blood unto salvation. Mankind has a condition here. There is something you must do. Not a work, but you must acknowledge. You must acknowledge. Look in verse 9. If, there's the conditional word again. John uses it quite repetitively. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The conditional word is if. To forgive our sins means to exonerate the guilt of sin. God justifies us by counting the death of Jesus Christ as our punishment. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness means that, that, that we are cleansed from all of our dirt, our filth, our pollution, our contamination that comes from sin. Because Christ's death on the cross, we can stand guiltless before God. The Bible tells us that the accuser of the brethren standeth night and day before God. Look at what Kelton did. Look at what Bailey did. Look at what Carol thought. Look at what the Davis are doing. Look at what Daisy said. Look at what, all the time, over and over and over. He's just sitting there accusing you of all the things you're doing, done, and probably going to do. He don't know those things, though. But God the Father says, what's that? He goes, what? He says, come again? Or in the, the, great, the great Welsh lane, what you going on about? You see, when God cleanseth that, when cleanseth that sin through the blood of Jesus Christ, He cleansed all of our unrighteousness. He set them in the sea of His forgiveness. The Bible says that He separated them as far as the east is from the west. Now you can continue traveling east, and you're gonna keep going east. You can continue traveling west, and you—that's called eternity. He remembers them no more. Why? Because He's looking through the blood. Of Jesus Christ. And he today, if you're here today and you're saved, born again of the blood of Christ, God the Father, whose eyes are purer than not ours and cannot look upon iniquity, sees you yet in your glorified state. Why? Because he dwelleth in eternity. Must acknowledge. Conditional word is if. Then your sins will be forgiven. Then you be cleansed from all unrighteousness. The final stage is an eternal reminder that we have the liberty we have the victory to lead others to the very same fact that God is absolute. The great scientist of our day argues that there is no absolute, or there are no absolutes in our world today. And then the other side of the scientist says everything's an absolute. And then those in the middle don't know what's going on. But we understand that God is absolute. Look in verse 10 with me. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. The Bible says in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. He is absolute truth just as he is absolute light. He is absolute holiness just as he is absolute purity. And yet when mankind says, well, I haven't sinned. I'm not bad as this guy. I haven't done this wrong. Mankind justifies the wrongdoing. When mankind leads an unprioritized life before the light of God, they make him a liar who cannot lie. And many have done this thing, and infringing upon God's absoluteness, his truth, his holiness. But today, the spirit of liberty in the midst of the victory that we have been given through the cost of the death of Jesus Christ and the beauty of this light, thank God, 
that we have an advocate. Thank God we have an advocate. Look in the next two verses there in chapter 2 of 1 John. The Bible tells us clearly, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So I got news for you Calvinists out there. You can act like you're the chosen frozen and you can act like you're elite and you're elect. You're not. I'm telling you. Guys, listen. He died for the sins of the whole world. There's over 8 billion people in the world today and Jesus Christ, Christ died for every one of the 8 billion living now. Those that have come before and those in the past. That's just the way it is today. It is absurd to understand that this liberty, this victory you've been given, to shun the light of the advocate that we have been given. If we take for granted what God has done, if we take for granted the light he has offered, the advocate with the Father, to put him on the back burner and put him off, because today is the day of salvation. If we live our life in disregard to Christ, guys, we have an advocate with the Father, the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. Churchill said to us that never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. And I close with the very quote that I opened up with this morning from the 1940 speech. He says, you ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs, victory in spite of our terror, victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory, well, there is no survival. So, beloved, today the victory of eternal life is offered to you and those behind you and those before you. Beloved, we have the victory today. We have that because Jesus Christ willingly gave his life upon the cross of Calvary because of you and because of I. He knew every sin. He felt every pain. He felt every heartache. He knew it all when they laid him upon the cross beam. He had my name written upon his chest when they, they nailed his hands, when they scourged him upon the pole, when he carried that crossbeam uh, with Simon and Cyrenian, when they lifted him up on high that all eyes may see. He knew my name. And he knows yours today. So, beloved, I ask you this morning, never overshadow or overlook Christ's price for our penalty. Never de-emphasize the victory that you and I have been given and granted as a free gift of eternal salvation. But if you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ, if you have not accepted that free gift, I say to you now, today's the day of salvation. In the length of time that I have been preaching this sermon, 1.8 people per second have died and entered into eternity. Well over 155,000 a day will die and at least 67% of them dying without even the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And beloved, in the Western world we live in right now, and those in this room, and more than likely those who are watching online, you have not that excuse because you've heard the gospel this morning. You've heard that it is a free gift, and it is your choice today to walk in that light, to accept the free gift and pardon of sin. Let us remember those who have fallen and died for our liberty, for our freedom, but to protect the victory that was given by the one, the only begotten Son of God, who died on the cross of Calvary, buried for three days, and on that third day, rose again. Will you bow your heads this morning?
Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for who and what you are, for all that you've done, for your many wonderful gifts and the grace that you have bestowed upon us. We simply ask you here this morning, dear God, that you would lay your mighty hand upon our lives. That, Lord, we would take on board that God is light and in him is no darkness. That we would take on board, Father, this precious gift that has been protected, this victory that has been granted. That we would all look in the depths of our souls today and to see where we may fall, where the victory lies in our own life. And I pray, dear God, that we would make the decision, if we have not, any soul today who has not accepted Christ as Savior, help them perform the simple task of asking you the forgiveness of sins and taking upon them the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse them of all unrighteousness. And it's in the precious name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, my Savior, I ask these things today. Amen.